no, no, you need to hit the gas pedal, dog. You got to go all the way. You need to be the villain. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscape Podcast. Today, we are going to continue our conversation with Keith Kalpas. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to pause this one, go back, listen to that one first, and then come back here. Today, we're going to continue talking about mindset and some of the personal growth that both Keith and I have both faced. It was an amazing, amazing episode, so do not miss it. I also want to remind you that we have our upcoming two-day virtual event happening October 29th and 30th, and it's the only estimating course you ever need. So when you hear people say, you need to learn your numbers, you need to know your numbers, we're going to teach you those numbers. We're going to give you all the calculators you need to find your numbers. And then you're going to be able to take those numbers and make them into your estimates. And we're going to provide you with the spreadsheets you need for both lawn maintenance and landscaping. So it's going to be an amazing event. You're also going to have lifetime access to this course. This is the first time ever we've sold a course outside of our membership. So we're excited about this. This is going to be an amazing event. There's going to be lifetime access to it. So I encourage you to go check it out. Go to milliondollarlandskeeper.com forward slash numbers and get signed up today. This podcast is brought to you by Busy Busy. Busy Busy is so simple to use and it's the most reliable GPS time tracking app on the market. And the best part is, it was built for landscapers. Busy Busy's founder created Busy Busy because he owns multiple construction companies and needed to understand better which projects were making him money and which projects were killing him. Payroll is the highest variable cost in the project, so you better be tracking it. Busy Busy does this better than anyone else. So download Busy Busy today, and don't forget to mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast to get three free months. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. If you want to get the leads you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try SendGym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So, If you haven't already, go to sendjim.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendjim.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Yeah, I I agree. And I think we create a lot of this stuff in our own minds and like that we have to do this. We want to get to this point. But for me personally, I don't know for you, but it, like the older I get, the less I like 
care about those types of things. You know, I'm, I'm 45 right now. And I like some of that stuff that I cared about back when I was in twenties, you know, now I'm like, I don't care. You know, I don't care what people think about certain things. I'm going to do my thing and do what I want to do. And to me, it just, I, I've seen myself grow just in that aspect, just from time, I guess. And I think uh, more and more people just kind of build up these things that, that they have to have this because it's on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever it is that I will have to get that. Well, do you really have to get to that? You know, like my wife and I, we actually downsized our house from where we were at. We had a new house, nothing crazy, but we had, we actually went to a 1950 or I'm sorry, 1939 house and we we're fixing it up. But our goal is to get out there and just travel the world and go visit landscapers and stuff in a trailer, like nothing crazy, but we don't care about some of the materialistic stuff that we used to care about it. Share your thoughts on it. Is that something you think too is happens? I can see that uh, by talking to a, a lot of clients. We have clients with million dollar homes and we just did a landscape job like a month ago and the lady was so frustrated. We had just finished the job and you know did all the landscaping around the pool. She couldn't give a shit less. She just wanted us to be done and off her property. And I just <laughs> kind of paused and talked with her a couple of minutes I was leaving and she was like, we always wanted a big house and a pool and all these things that we have it and it's a big headache because there's constantly something that needs to be done and it's constantly causing us money. And it's, she goes, I don't have it. I just want to sit and read a book outside. Mm -hmm. She's like, I want to sell this <laughs> effing house and move to a condo with an HOA where they do everything so I can have some peace in my life. And she's like, well, but later on, I'll probably be laying in the pool and saying that the opposite. But <laughs> I felt this dichotomy in this self-created suffering. And I see why do elderly people eventually sell their house and move into a small condo community? Because be careful of all the things that you want because those things will eventually have you. Everything that you have that's materialistic is like an anchor on you and it's sucking all your time. It's like if you want a bunch of cars, you got to maintain them all. If you want a huge house, you get to spend, you know, you know, it's like the maintenance. Before dinner, I was literally doing our weekly water change on our fish tank. And it's pretty quick. It's one fish tank. But it's like I dream one day of having a, a one of those those big white and pink cockatoo birds. They're like african macaw cock i don't know they talk and they're amazing i've always wanted a bird and one day i'm gonna get one i was like fuck i ain't got no bird that's a full-time job we have we have three dogs three cats and six fish i'm cleaning up 12 to 15 up to 20 piles of puke shit and piss around my house <laughs> literally today my dog came into my studio he could have did it anywhere outside and threw up three big piles of puke right all over the carpet pukes all over the sh he's a he's a special needs dog so i'm not mad at him and i love him uh, my wife's dream is to open an animal rescue so she's bringing in rescues and stuff and it's like uh, i love her for it she's opened my heart and without these animals i'd probably be in total depression but i uh, think about how people have all these animals and have like three to five kids and still become very successful i don't understand how they do it they must be so highly evolved in their consciousness and another thing I think about uh, delegation by abdication. So imagine being so successful that you just say, like, you know how to create money. And you're very good at that. You're, you're like the wizard. And you're like, you you just know how to hire the right people. And you, right, you do this. Here's your job description. Go do it. Do this. Do this. Do this. And then you delegate all day. And then you hire somebody who's the delegator, who's the operations manager, who does all the delegating for you. So you can just be in imagination and creativity mode. You're just the innovator. That type of shit actually works in industries where there's products and services that are cutting edge or innovative that have extremely high profit margins where the profit margin allows you 
the money at your expense to be able to pay people well and give them all the benefits and be able to afford fuck ups and afford tons of marketing and innovation. And I look at like read books about companies like Apple and things like that and people in technology companies that have built their businesses up to having extremely high profit margins. And I'm looking now and it makes me question my own landscaping business. And I, I look at a business that has too many different variables and too much customization becomes very, very hard to scale unless you have cookie cutter practices that, you know, it's copy, paste, copy, paste, and they're pretty much doing the same relevant things over and over and over. And the amount of people lined up that are willing to do the same exact thing that you do, and it doesn't really take a lot of skill, the marketplace will determine how much you can actually get paid. It doesn't matter how much you think or believe you're worth if the marketplace can only bear so much. People aren't going to give you $100 per man hour to fucking trim bushes and pull weeds and lay mulch. And maybe there's certain times where the pressure is so intense right in the middle of like, late June or in July when they can't find any other landscapers and they're willing to pay anything. But I, I'm thinking about asking myself all these questions so I can get a metric on it and then make some decisions from here. The only people I know, I know I'm kind of going into this, that are really crushing it in landscaping are the, the ones that are doing luxury outdoor living spaces and 50,000 and up jobs of big patios with fire pits and kitchen areas and pergolas and shit like that and they've got a designer on their team and they're heavily invested their equipment is paid off and they've got you know a few badass crews they've got they've got their whole sales and marketing completely systematized and they have sales guys out actually doing it so they're focused on customer service and running the business and make sure everything is like in and i look at building a business like that even though it could be very lucrative i say is that your life's passion because what you're doing right now today if you do more of that, you will be doing a lot more of that in five years. So I think it's important to question and ask yourself, what do I love doing? What can I see myself doing 10 years from now? The role you play in your business has to dramatically shift in order for you to get different results. Because if you're still the chuck in the truck in 10 years, you're still going to be the chuck in the truck. Like you got to play a different role. But I, I'm asking myself all these different higher questions and they're, they're scary to face. What do you think about that? Oh, no, I agree. And I think sometimes we don't want to ask those questions to ourselves because we're scared of the truth. I think we, I think we don't want to hear the truth sometimes. And you have to analyze yourself and look and see where you can be. And, and, and I, I believe that you have to look in the future and dream about some of those things and, and manifest some of those things and, and to get them to come true. Now you're not going to manifest like if you're just starting off that you're going to go make a million dollars tomorrow or the next day, but you have to build up to that point. But I think it's important to, like you said, dream 10 years from now, where can I be and plan to kind of get to that point. I'm not saying write out like a business plan or anything like that, but just, okay, by next year, I kind of want to do this next year, the following year, I want to kind of do this. I personally believe that's what you have to do. You have to know where you're going to go to, you know, it's, it's like going somewhere, driving somewhere, you look on the map or Google or whatever, and, and you're going to get a map to go there. So I think you have to do that somewhat in your life. And part of it is dreaming and, and manifesting, I, I personally believe. Yeah, I, I agree. I think people don't want to ask those tough questions because they're scared of the truth sometimes. They understand like, oh, I have to make a change in whatever I'm doing to get to that point. That was super high level, the way you just responded <laughs> to that. And you said something super key, which was looking at the brutal reality and the truth of where you're at right now and then having a, a map, a destination of where you want to go. And I think that knowing exactly where you want to be and having it planned out in years to come, knowing where what you want out of life, is very, very uh, key 
in 2017, I went with my friend DJ Carroll to Arizona to the High Performance Academy by Brennan Burchard. It was a live event with like a thousand people. I got a deal on the tickets, but it was expensive. And <laughs> God, I actually have permanent like trauma in the muscles under my arm from writing 65 <laughs> pages of goals and dreams and crying and writing nonstop. I'm not making that up. I've been in pain ever since from writing like that for four <laughs> days straight. And I have this book and, and I, time to time I go and I review all my goals and it's, it's become the number one inspirational speaker on planet earth by 2024. Be, what was it? Something 10 million a year. Oh, have the biggest live event in the entire country for marketing. Nice. You know, thousands of people be the a best-selling author, have this and this and do all these things, but also internal goals as well. How I'm going to feel my relationships. It was this whole thing. And, uh, I believed it so much. And then we made decisions and made them concrete. So I said, that's it. I'm moving forward and I'm throwing my live event. I signed in blood with my name. And the second I got home, I started planning the live event. And even though I didn't know what I was doing, I figured it all out. And then we threw a live event and it sold out. And the day of the live event, I was up till three o'clock in the morning after work, running a landscape business, getting this whole live event together. And I remember the weekend of the, it was called the marketing ROI live workshop. People flew from all over the country to be there and I had speakers and stuff and I spoke and it was really, really good. I actually turned it into an online course on, and it's on my website. It's called the Marketing ROI. It's like really good stuff. Go to keithkelfis.com and check out keithkelfis.com slash BMB, the Business Marketing Blueprint course. It's really, really good. It'll teach you how to get tons of reviews in your business and stuff like that. But anyways, the day of the event, I'm in a suit and tie and I, I remember looking at the pictures. I was dead on my feet because I hadn't slept in literally weeks and after the event, I was depressed for months trying to catch him on sleep. And it's like, but they told me I was supposed to chase these big fucking dreams. And then it's like, then I did this. And then I wrote three books and I, and I put out seven online courses while running the business and making date night every single Tuesday night. And in the process, I didn't, I haven't seen my grandmother in the nursing home in two and a half years. And I don't see my fucking, my father anymore. And I, and I, I haven't seen anybody in my family for four years, we just had a big family party and everybody came over and it was amazing. I cried and shit. I was like, and I thought about to be and chase the dreams and all the things that you say you want. There's a price to pay for that. There's a huge, huge, huge price. And are you willing to pay that price? Because when you finally get the things that you say you want, and next thing you know, you're at your aunt or your uncle's funeral and you're crying and you realize you hadn't seen them the whole time. Or you realize that, you know, I don't have any kids yet, but your kids grew up and you didn't really get to spend time with them. I don't know how the fuck some of these entrepreneurs claim this Brendan Bouchard guy I told you about. I was going to join his coaching program and I blew up on the guy on the phone. I wasn't really much of an asshole, but I'm like, I don't understand. This guy does like 20 million a year and he does all these things, blah, blah. How does he doesn't have any free time? I guarantee, I swear, I guarantee he doesn't have any because the dude is this Brendan Bouchard guy is one of the most successful people on planet earth. He's second to Tony Robbins, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the sales guy on the phone was like, no, I know Brendan personally. And he carves out something insane. It was like 16 weeks a year of like vacation where he goes like to Utah and he goes canoeing and, he's, and he completely unplugs and his whole business is automated and he has fun and he doesn't post any of it. And he lives this fully abundant life. And I actually believe that because if you watch the guy's videos, he doesn't have any bags under his eyes ever. He's always <laughs> smiling and shit looking like like he's never stayed up all night once dealing with dog puke or like a crying baby or a fighting wife or his ability to manage his emotions and his personal development. He must be so mature that he's like a fucking alien. 
Or he, I, I told my wife that she's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, he's probably got makeup under his eyes to hide the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I think about that. If you also want to be the person that you have other people perceive you as being so successful and having your shit together, now you got big shoes to fill and you're never, ever allowed to have a breakdown. You're never, you know, and, and the weird thing about our society is if your brother Tom shows up to Christmas and he's been working himself to death and he's just got a lot of shit going, he's got deep bags under his eyes or, or anybody, when, when a man looks like that, people don't look at him like, wow, man, that guy's really putting in the hours. People, we, we look at him like, oh, you're fucking disgusting and repulsive. <laughs> look at him with the bags under his eyes looking all, what are you, not getting any sleep? What, has he got a drug problem? Why does he look like that? And maybe the guy literally just fucking conquered like eight goliaths over the past six months and did shit that you would cry like a bitch with your tail between your legs but because the guy's shoulders are down and he has bags under his eyes and he hasn't shaven any you're never allowed to show any weakness you're not allowed to be weak weakness is repulsive and disgusting and especially i think uh, a woman will sniff that out and beat you over the head with a frying pan for being weak you must always be stoic until your death and even past your death. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I agree. And I think society has kind of brought us to that way and thinking that way. And it's, again, it kind of goes back to the maturity level, I think of yourself and, and where you're at in your life. Cause sometimes it's like, eh, they can think what they want of you. And I think it's just, everybody's at different levels in their life. And I think it's just one of those things, you know, but I, I can see where you're at with that. <laughs> you're so mature, man. Sometimes after I do these podcasts, I'll lay in bed and go like, what the fuck did I, and I, and I want to like, I'll reach out to you be like, oh, dude, don't post that. Oh my God, I'm crazy. They're going to think that guy's, and then I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. That's just yeah. who I am. And then always somebody will email me or come, hit me up on Instagram. Bro, I listened to that podcast that you did. That shit was crazy. So it's like, I know that by me just showing my heart and being crazy ass me, there are people who can relate to that at a very right. deep level. Well, let me ask you this, if you don't mind sharing, you know, since you're big on YouTube, I'm sure you've had your share of people saying crap to you and in, in the comments and stuff. I just the little bit of social media that I do, I've, I've seen it. I'm sure you like, but if you can overcome that and keep doing what you're doing, that shows your level of maturity. And it, I kind of like it because I'm like, it pushes me further. Like I want to go further. Uh, you call me a piece of crap or whatever, you know, but I'll, I'll keep moving <laughs> forward. And like, literally I had one guy like saying all the stuff that I do to help people is like, BS and I'm not what I do. I'm like, you can come look like, I don't care. Like I'm an open book. I have nothing to hide. And I'm sure you're the same way. It's, I'm sure you've had that. You mind sharing some of those stories or. There's this funny thing is when you grow a quote unquote audience, which these are real people, but, but it's like, you know, that's what they call it in internet marketing and in YouTube world. Be careful if you want to go on this YouTube journey. And here's why there's certain attributes to your personality. My friend Stan genetic, the dirt monkey, he's got like almost 800,000 subscribers. He said, be yourself with the volume turned all the way up. There are certain parts of you that outside of your community or the inside jokes or what the people who, who know you, like uh, we do lawn and landscape, they understand when you, if you're crass or sharp about something or you crack a joke that's in dark humor, but they get it. So you're going to have a lot more people in the comments who watch your shit that are going to be, ha, 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 that was awesome. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Oh, ha, ha, ha. But be careful because if you have a video go viral and hit mainstream America and people hear what you're saying, they might not like that. You might be getting called a bigot or uh, unprofessional or be getting called, um, you don't have respect for elderly people. Oh my God, I hope this guy goes bankrupt and goes out of business. I hope he loses everything. 
karma's a bitch. I've had, you know, probably like 15 or 20 videos go viral anywhere from half a million to 3 million views, 1 million, 2 million, 3. We're getting, uh, we get about four and a half million views a month on social media. We've hit like 65 million views online. The podcast has half a million downloads, but we really went viral on Facebook and every video I put out hit an average of 50,000 views for like six to nine months straight. I mean, uh-huh. and, and these are videos that were meant for the lawn and landscape community and so I'm literally in the videos talking about how the customer lady is out friggin' in her nightgown and I'm on the ladder cleaning out the gutters. She's going, will you get that one over there? You're going to get that one, right? Right? And I'm doing these faces in the video and shit. Well, my husband used to do it that way. And I was like, and I'd, I'd make this crazy ass face. Like, I'm going to fucking get it, lady. Just call them. <laughs> like, like, I would just do these things, but I get so into it that it's, it's hilarious. It's Jim Carrey type shit. People in the comments are crying, laughing. Well, this shit gets on social media on Facebook and goes viral. And now mainstream America is watching me, who I'm supposed to be some professional landscape guy. I start the video off with like a chip on my shoulder. And then halfway through the video, I'm making faces and mocking customers and and people just, whoa, they're like, this guy is, this guy's a total asshole, lunatic, narcissist. There's one video I put out, um, and I, I regret it. I, and I showed it to my wife, too. She's very good judgment. My wife has a social media marketing agency. She's like, no, you need to keep that video up. Those people are stupid. <laughs> so what the people in the comments will actually leave a negative comment, and they're emotionally triggered and upset about something that didn't even actually happen in the video. And they'll comment something. That they perceived in there. And I'm, I'm telling truth, right? This is the truth. Now, some people are upset. For the people, different perception is reality, though. And then literally two, three hundred people who have that same opinion will get triggered by the comment, won't even watch the whole video or understand what happened. And now they're all ganging up, calling this guy an asshole. And I'm like, this is politics <laughs> happening right now on my video that all these people are jumping on the bandwagon, calling me a narcissist. And that's not even what I really said in the video. That's not what I meant. So I'm up all night and been thinking about this for months saying like, I can never ever say that shit again. So as I become more lukewarm, the bigger my audience gets and the more millions of views we get, I become more lukewarm in my messaging and it's not polarizing. And now my whole fucking Keith Kelfa's brand is falling apart at the seams because nobody's getting amped up or triggered or laughing because I'm not polarizing anymore. So I get coached on this stuff. My, my, my other marketer friends are doing very well. They're like, no, no, you need to hit the gas pedal, dog. You got to go all the way. You need to be the villain. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I just, uh. so it's like I quit cussing. I've cussed on here. I, I haven't dropped the F-bomb in a video in like two, maybe a couple times in a couple years. Like, And so my videos were doing amazing when I was amped up, polarized, cussing, upset, just being super transparent. But now with this cancel culture, I'm very super alert of everything that I say. So if I want to say something to complain about customers, right, I'll be like, hey, most customers are good. And I love having a service business. And it's such a blessing to be my own boss. And, and most customers are awesome. But there's a few bad apples. That's what I'm going to talk about. And then I'll talk about the whole bad apples. And at the end of the video, I'll, I'll say, so with all that being said, there are a few bad apples, but most customers are good. And it's great to, you know, to do this whole thing. And it's like, but I, I was doing shit like that, and I had some guy, he must have spent two weeks, man. He went through hundreds of my videos and found, like, little micro seconds of me flipping out and snapping and cussing and making weird faces, and he put it all together in a compilation 
of me going for like 10 minutes straight. Like, I know that was weird as hell what I just did, but it's like, I watch this thing and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Then he posts it. And he's like, uh, I showed it to my friend who's got a cinematography videography business. Who's made thousands of videos. I'm like, bro, what do I do about this? And he's laughing, watching it. I'm like, no dude, this makes me look like a schizophrenic. He's like, no dude. You made it. Congratulations. You got other people making videos about you. So it's like you can get all paranoid. It's like unless you're actually saying hateful or racist things or anything like I think that some of the best comedians are self-deprecating. I saw this guy who's an actual midget on Netflix. I want to watch this or Amazon Prime and he has a stand up comedy routine and he's like self-deprecating talking about being a midget. But he's doing it in such an open hearted, transparent humorous way and he's talking about the stigmas of it but because he is a midget he's talking about it dude I, i've got so much respect for this guy and 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 i'm and he's got so much guts and it was hilarious and i loved it see i feel bad i'm monitoring myself right now right <laughs> but it's like i think self-deprecating is the best but even joe rogan last year he got in trouble because somebody had pulled a bunch of snippets where he had you know said certain things and but he was a man, dude. He came out and he apologized. He said he's, you know, upset with himself. He can't believe that he said all those things and he's growing as a human being. And, you know, it's like, cause he knew that if he would have resisted it, that he would have just got hellfire. And so, yeah, with, with the social media thing, I think go look in the mirror and say, I am never allowed to say these things or these topics. I can only talk about this stuff. Don't ever break the rule. And live your whole life as though cameras are on you all the time recording you and everything you say, whether on a podcast or on the phone with your best buddy. It doesn't matter where you are. Like Gary Vaynerchuk says stuff like this. Don't speak anything that you wouldn't want put on primetime television in front of everybody ever again for the rest of your life until you die. And uh, I think that very rule. And so here's another thing. The next step is if you hear other people saying negative things, like I was at a trade show like a month ago, a month and a half ago. And I ended up talking to these couple of guys. They recognized me because my videos and we're talking and we're laughing. And next thing you know, the one guy started saying some really negative stuff. And it was almost like he was trying to get me to join in with them. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not joining <laughs> in on that. And I just started talking about the Holy Spirit just because that was the truth, but also for like shock value. And it just broke that whole pattern of negativity instantly. So it's like, don't join in with other things that negative when people say negative shit. If somebody says something negative, like I don't agree with that. I don't know what you're talking about. I got to get the hell out of here. Cause it's yeah. like, um, I think if you got super famous, there are people that would pose as your friends and they would secretly record you and then blackmail you and try to get you to talk shit about other people so they can create drama and things like that. So I'm saying all this cause there's people that really, really badly want to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, but they're just like terrified. What if my customers see it? What if this, what if that? And it's like, dude, when you're getting 20 and 30 views, nobody's really watching it anyways or listen to it. It's it's not that. And look at people like Vitaly ZDTV and some of these guys that are constantly just doing extremely disrespectful things and all these pranks. And they're still making videos and they're not in trouble. So I think that you stay the hell out of the gray area and you'll be good, man. You can inspire a lot of people. And then one day you'll go to a live event. I've met people that'll start crying and hugging me and want to take pictures with me and tell me that my videos have helped them get off drugs and start their business and turn their life around, prevent suicides. And I was like, dude, that's amazing that you did that, bro. You did that shit. You did that. But it's like, 
imagine if you could make content that will actually help turn people's lives around and put that ripple, that dent in reality and the butterfly effect after you're dead and gone, that, that will ripple off into eternity and you could do that over and over and over. And I think that when you realize that you have a role to play that's positive and you double down on your goodness, you now have a duty to do that. You have to take action and put good energy out into the universe because shame on you if you don't. So if you have a talent and you want to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, I think you should start it right away. Keep it simple. Just take your phone out, just upload, you know, one video a week, you know? <laughs> I think you're inspiring me too to to do that myself. I, I need to do that. I know I need to get out there on social media more, but I just don't. But I, I, I love hearing that. I think that's awesome. But I think it shows too, like you have grown, like you were able to step away from some of those conversations that not to participate and choose not to do those things. And so that, just to me, that shows you your level of maturity right there and you know it. So I applaud you for that. This has been awesome, Keith. I appreciate you being on here. Do you have any other few things that you want to share with people as far as mindset? I know we went in some deep stuff here in this conversation and it was, it was a blast. Is there anything else you'd, you'd like to point out to people that are just getting started and, and I don't know, they're deciding what they should do or they should make the leap and quit their nine to five and get going on this landscaping journey? There's going to be some really, really dark times where you feel like an empty shell walking around and you feel hopeless like it's you're going nowhere. Just don't be so hard on yourself. That's all I can say. Rome wasn't built in a day. Time is on your side. There's four very important things. Proper sleep, hydration, exercise, which you're probably getting plenty of that, and proper diet. If you start getting in a hole and you're overworked and you're depressed, and you find yourself going through drive throughs eating fast food, stop that. Eat healthy. Don't eat deep fried foods like you know, French fries and cheeseburgers and Cokes and all these things because wh what that will do is it'll make your hormones and all your chemicals in your body's all, it'll make you all whacked out. You have these insulin spikes and carbo crashes and then you can't think and you're not effective. And then if you're addicted to coffee and you're drinking coffee all late into the evening and then you can't sleep at night, it becomes this downward spiral where you can crash and hydration drink lots and lots and lots of good water not like tap water that's debatable to depending on where you're at in the world but well you're from know. michigan so <laughs> yeah well i say i think those are some definitely some wise wise words there and some great yeah things. the basics are very important depression drugs alcohol depression and things like that I've never gotten to drugs because my mother had died of a heroin overdose and I've watched a lot of people I love die in overdose of heroin and become drug addicts and, you know, basically die. And I've been at a lot of funerals. And so if you're doing drugs or hanging out with people that do drugs, stop that. If you're an alcoholic, find a way to stop it. And I'm not judging anybody because I think alcoholism and drug addiction is a sickness that it's very, very hard to overcome. And But stop it. <laughs> <laughs> please, I'm begging you and find a way to love yourself. Uh, there's the Ho'oponopono prayer. Uh, it's a Hawaiian prayer. I, I won't get too deep into it, but I love you. I'm sorry. Thank you. Forgive me. And any order you want to say over and over and over, I love you. I'm sorry. Thank you. Forgive me. So forgive everybody in your past for anything that was done wrong to you or any way that you were mistreated or violated or wrongfully judged or feelings hurt or just forgive, forgive, forgive over and over and over and to the deepest depths of your heart, the things that you don't want to let go of. If there's anybody you need to call up that you haven't talked to in a long time, an old friend, or maybe you haven't spoken with your father in three years, 
call his ass up and find a way to work it out. I have a cousin who said, you know, you can love them, but you don't have to like them. <laughs> it's like uh, agree to disagree, but at least don't let things go unsettled like that. And forgive yourself. And some people have done wrong things or maybe used to be a drug addict or alcoholic or something or mistreated somebody in a really bad way or and find a way to ask that person forgiveness and mean it and forgive yourself and grow up. And I think that's, uh, I can't believe I'm talking about this stuff because I, I, I'm not trying to preach to anybody, but I do, I think about that's why Jesus died for our sins. And before I really started studying Jesus, I didn't understand. What do you mean? That's why Jesus died for us. Some mythological guy from 2000 years ago died on a cross and that forgave me. my That doesn't even make any sense. Like I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I think if you don't find a higher, higher power and realize that you are not a human being having a spiritual experience, you are a spiritual being having a human experience. If you can't detach from your life and realize that you're going to die one day and your life's a speck in eternity and, and start eating spiritual food and realizing that there's a way more to this. I, I think that the step out of that is contribution. The highest level of evolution is contribution. So find ways to give to others and go back to the basics. If you go into depression and anxiety, just stop that and go back to the basics. Pick up the phone when the customer calls, take their information, give them a quote, do the job, love and respect your customers, take care of your employees and smile, put on the classic rock music that you love. You can get into this beautiful place like Eckhart Tolle in The Power of Now. He talks about he reduced thought by 80%. We're going into the fall now, and I love the fall. It's very nostalgic. There's something about sitting in my truck on a job site at lunchtime and opening a cooler and taking out a sandwich or maybe packing some hot soup or something and just sitting there very calmly listening to classic rock and eating my lunch, texting my wife. And it's very, very simple and simplistic. It's like, I feel like it could be 500 years ago. And imagine men who were in tribes that just sat around a fire and they talked and told stories and it was very simple. There's something about going back down to the base of looking at your hands and your fingernails and looking at the dirt in your fingernails and feeling your body and being in the now. There's so much abundance and raw truth right there that stuff like that will make you realize that depression is a it's a partial truth at best but it's probably a lie and the more energy you put into a lie or trying to make something real or work that is broken is the more you can actually drive yourself you can develop a pathology in your consciousness and then that becomes neurosis and you become a neurotic person and from neurotic, you can go into drugs and alcohol or depression or addiction, or you can go into full-blown psychosis, which is where you go insane and can end up sick, end up in the hospital and a mental institution, losing your whole business, ending up in divorce. And I've met people, I've been doing coaching for like six or seven years now, and I've coached hundreds and hundreds of people. I do it on Monday nights. And um, mostly it's guys trying to get their landscape and window cleaning business off the ground. And I've met guys that were working 90 hours a week and they wanted to be successful so bad that they were going crazy. And one guy actually ended up, he said he was like crawling across his house in his underwear. He couldn't even put his clothes on. He was like drooling and collapsing, and his wife had to take him to the mental hospital. And when I talked to him, I realized that it was because of his father, when he was a kid, never accepted second best. He had to be the best at everything. His father put so much pressure on him 
that he had to be the best and he was afraid to let his father down and that was that was a lie and so he was so afraid of failure because he wouldn't be accepted that he fucking went crazy and had been a mental institution and he lost his whole business and he had to rebuild it and when he lost his business which was his worst fear and I was kind of uh I don't take any credit at all as coaching him through this so he fucking wouldn't kill himself or something uh, and he didn't. He did. He'd fine. He 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 was so relieved. He rebuilt his business from scratch, and he was doing things way too early that he shouldn't have done. And then he made it. He made it, and he realized that through the other side, it wasn't hell. It was just truth. It was awakening. The great poet Tolstoy laid on his deathbed, and he said, "What if my whole life has been wrong? What if I spent my life chasing illusions? You know." And I'm very fascinated by this. So. Some deep thoughts there. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so before you go build a million-dollar business and you got, you know, 16 fucking guys working for you that have families to feed just because you want to impress your father, just because you want to be accepted and you're putting other people's families on the line, think about that. Think about that. Oh, yeah. All right, Keith. I meant to ask you this earlier, but <laughs> we have time for a few fun questions. I usually ask some guests uh, just some fun random questions at the end. You cool with that? Sure. All right. So let's start off with what was your biggest regret? Uh, yeah, I've thought about this before, and it was just being too hard on myself, beating myself up, treating myself like shit. I, I, I can relate to that one. All right, we'll get into some fun ones here. What is your favorite microwavable food? Or do you have some people don't don't eat microwave food? But That's fucking really weird. Because <laughs> we put mic- we put leftovers like in the microwave and, um, oh yeah yeah uh, Tim Ferriss in the four hour work week he's a, an amazing author he has this morning breakfast hack and I've actually do it and it's amazing so on Amazon for like seven bucks you can get this little like it looks like an egg poacher it's a, a two little halves fold together in like a clam and you crack two eggs in them and it snaps shut you throw it in the microwave for sixty seconds and you have perfectly cooked eggs in sixty seconds. And you get a can of Amy's uh, organic chili. And then it's a perfectly balanced, high-protein, perfect carbohydrate blend meal. And then you, it's it's basically two-minute breakfast. Boom, boom. And then I do it all the time because it's a really fast breakfast to get out the door. So there you go. I'm going to check that one out. <laughs> all right, last one. Would you rather blow up 100 balloons or lick 500 envelopes? I heard the story of someone licked an envelope and it cut their tongue, but a roach in the factory had crawled across the envelope and laid eggs. So a roach hatched eggs on their tongue. I fucking hate licking envelopes. And I hate blowing up balloons. I bought a punching bag that I was just, the top is a blow-up thing, and I was just blowing it up like two hours ago outside, and I was so pissed off. Dude, 500 balloons. 500 envelopes or 100 balloons? It would probably be 100 balloons, man. I, I would agree with that. I, I hate looking envelopes. I'm always afraid I'm going to cut my tongue. <laughs> it's just a weird thing. I don't know. <laughs> you're not even supposed to lick them. Oh, you're supposed to. Um, I've watched they dip it in the thing and then they wipe uh, it with a tool. Yeah, I still do it though. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Keith. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I, I enjoyed talking with you. I appreciate you being on the show today. Anything you want to add? And then also, you mind sharing where uh, listeners can learn a little bit more about you and reach out to you? If- yeah, you can check out my podcast. It's called The Untrapped Podcast on all platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, um, The Untrapped Podcast with Keith Kelfus. Put out all types of episodes of deep stuff like this. 
if you like the deep stuff, my main YouTube channel is Keith Kelfis. We just hit 124,000 subscribers. And then my other YouTube channel is called I Am Ability. And that's where we talk about deep, deep stuff about like consciousness. And then um, there you go from there. My website's keithkelfis.com. And I wish all of you the best of success. Awesome. Thank you, Keith. Again, appreciate you being on the show. Guys, definitely go check out Keith's website. He's got some amazing stuff on YouTube. If you're looking to get started and, and need to get your mind right, go check out his YouTube channel. All right, Keith. Well, again, I appreciate you being on the show and I uh, look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Bro, I really, really genuinely appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yep, you too. Thank you. Have a good one. Good night. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 